people of Earth, it's time to enter the spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Henrik and Jeff. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on SpoilerVerse.com. But if you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us or use a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at SpoilerCountry at gmail.com. In a world of Spoiler Country guests, there's only one that comes out and has been there from the very beginning and joined us for the last three years, and that is the one, the only, the Kevin Joseph. Welcome back, everybody. This is Spoiler Country. I am Johnny by myself today. It's Kevin Gaston moving. And today on the show, Kevin Joseph comes back and chats it up with Melissa about the new Tart Kickstarter. You can go back right now. Go click the show notes right now. Go back, Tart. You know how much we love Tart. You know how much we love Kevin Joseph because he's been on the show so many times. He was our first official guest on the show. Not counting our first San Diego interviews with Mike Grell. We did that in person. But our first actual guest on the show was Kevin. And Kevin has been a friend with us since then. We've become great friends. He's an amazing creator, an amazing writer. Tart is one of my favorite series that's out there. You need to go check it out. And you need to stay tuned and listen to Kevin and Melissa's own words. This is Spoiler Country, and I'm Melissa Sergia. Today on the show, I'm excited to welcome comic book writer Kevin Joseph. Thanks for coming on today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Uh, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. We, you know, we're we're get, getting ready for this this Super Tuesday. It's National Sandwich Day, so that's very <laughs> important to me. Some other things are happening. So my wife and I sat down and we decided to watch Arnold Schwarzenegger and Raw Deal because we wanted the <laughs> dumbest, mindless entertainment we could possibly get. And that's what we ended up with. And I think we made a pretty good choice. Nice. Yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah, I think everyone's kind of on edge, right? <laughs> Just anticipating tomorrow. And are, are you going to have a sandwich on National Sandwich Day? I, well? I, I, every day is National Sandwich Day in my house. <laughs> so absolutely. That's great. Awesome. Well, I'm really happy you're here tonight. I know it's a little bit late for you. You're on the East Coast, right? Yep. Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So as, as East Coast as the United States can go, but I don't mind staying up a little late to, to talk comic books. Awesome. Great. Well, let's let's get into it. So we're here to talk about Tart, which I have had the pleasure. Thank you for sending me the, the issues. I've read all the ones that you sent me and I'm really into it. I thought the illustrations were gorgeous. The story is really fresh and different. So I would love to find out more like what inspired you to come up with the idea for Tart. Well, I think that we we put it together. Ludovic Sale is the artist, and I and we we put it together based on a lot of things that he was already working on. So the time traveling elements and the demon hunting elements were all wrapped up in this series that Ludo was doing that he was writing and drawing himself called Hell Strawberry. Mm. A mutual friend put us together and said, "I think you guys might, you know, your your ideas might jibe together." And so basically, we, I looked at his art and I knew that I wanted to get on that train somehow, mm-hmm. some way. Yeah. And and so I, I sat in there and I, I didn't know how to exactly work in the lines that he had set up, but I do. I knew I could work in his sandbox. So mm-hmm. I said, "Well, what 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 if we did something a little bit more?" like this. And I sent him the plot to what is basically Tart number one. And he read it and he said, yeah, let's do it. And then together we just kind of tried to make this story with, you know, this cool chick who comes, who floats mm-hmm. through time and she, she shows up. Why does she show up? Why, why does she not know uh, where she is when she wakes up? How come she knows there's demons? So we just mm-hmm. emailed each other for about three months trying to answer mm-hmm. all these strange little questions we had. Mm-hmm. So we came up with it kind of, hap- I, I don't want to say haphazardly, but it's probably pretty true. It's kind of like, well, 
why why is this happening? And then you're like, okay, well, let's find a bigger and stronger adversary. And like, okay, what what does that adversary want? And we just kind of created clues for each other to follow. Yeah. Well, I like, I really love the the first page that hooks you right away. Because, you know, here she is waking up in an alley, not really knowing where she is. And uh, I thought it was actually kind of a little comical too. It was fun, a little be where you know she's got the knife and 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 he's trying to help her and she screams I have trust issues while he's running away <laughs> and I thought that really draws you in and kind of sets the the tone really well for for what she, what her character is going to be like uh, what did you have any influences or inspirations for when you came up with with tart acid I I didn't have any that I realized I was drawing from at the time. Now, you you cannot read this book, and, and I, in fact, use it as a selling point. I bring up, you know, I was a huge fan of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, yeah. So, I, I, don't, I don't go away from that. But then I think that, you know, Joss Whedon had Kitty Pride and Rogue mm-hmm. as his inspirations for Buffy. So, I think somewhere along that line of the Chris Claremont into Buffy was probably going around in my head yeah. as to here are some ladies that I've loved in comic books and let's try to make somebody just as cool. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, it's also very whimsical and, and, and super colorful, which I love. It's very appealing visually. Was that something that you mentioned that with, you had seen some of Ludo's work. Was that what drew you to him? Was that you wanted it to be whimsical and colorful? Was that the look you were going for from the get-go? I think that I, at the time, realized that Ludo was an artist that needed to be just let loose on mainstream comics. Mm -hmm. And if I could just be somewhere along that ride, I wanted to be there with him. And and it's only become, as, as we've gone on and on and on, and I've seen how varied and flexible his art style is, I can send him any story anywhere in time with any tone and he will find a new way to draw it mm-hmm. to to bring it out in the best way possible and I, I you know like I don't think that I thought far enough ahead mm-hmm. when we were doing this it was just like we'll just do this comic book and I love the way it looks but it's it's kind of like just like oh my god this there's this guy that is just this unbridled passionate creativity and all i have to do is just you know just get a spark yeah and all of a sudden it's a forest fire and i just you know i give him a direction and i let him go and it's it's gorgeous and then because he doesn't speak much english it's a second language i get to do all the interviews and so everybody thinks that i have a a lot more to do with it than i really do it's really me just saying ludo here and him going nuts. And then I get to do, to do the, what's that, that when you're running around the stadium at the end, high-fiving everybody. Yeah. <laughs> the, big, the victory lap, the victory That's lap. Great. When I, and where is he based out of? He's in, he's in uh, wine country in France. Oh, lovely. Rough life, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm certainly hoping I, I've always wanted to go visit. Some things have happened in the last six months that I don't <laughs> know that I would be allowed to fly to France, but right. um, <laughs> things that will will not be mentioned right now. <laughs> yes. yes, spoilers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, France would be yeah, definitely on the bucket list for sure. So do you just communicate, you know, via Skype and email and do you ever talk on the phone? Rarely do we talk on the phone. It's usually email or Facebook Messenger. Okay. And we we we've, we've met. He came over to New York Comic Con, I think three years in a row, at least two, but I think three. Okay. And so we've we've spent some time together as a creative team and, and it was lovely. Yeah. But our work is kind of like all, you know, the wife and the kid will go to bed and I'll and I'll stay up and write a little bit and I'll mm-hmm. email him and then I go to sleep and then I wake up and there's a sketch. Okay, if I was gonna do that idea, I'd do it looking sort of like this. Okay. And so I've closed my eyes, it feels like, for a second. And all of a sudden, there's this art there. So it's I do recommend being 8 to 12 hours ahead <laughs> or behind your creative partner because it really kind of, it's like you're working 24 hours a day. Oh, wow. 
That's cool. That's cool that you guys can be so far apart and still collaborate so well together. It was it was very surprising how how much we see eye to eye on what we're doing this. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's a French artist. I'm an American writer. I didn't know much about French comics when we started and still don't. Mm-hmm. He didn't know much about American American comics. I mean, he'd seen the big ones, and, right. but there was just something in his art the 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 vivacity of it. Just it just so it, it just smacks you in the face with with mm-hmm. sexiness and beauty and fun. And I and I you know yeah. it's just like jump jump in with this guy. Yeah, it's very very uh, visually appealing. Like I said, it draws you in right away. It has its own feel to it. You know, it's it's different than some of the other comics that are out there, which I think will appeal to a large audience because it's unique. It is. And he he does something that I think is many artists who who can do it should do it. I send him, you know, a script that says there's going to be like six panels on this and this is what's going to happen on the page. And he looks at the entire page as a painting and mm-hmm. he says, how can I tell this story the way we need to tell it, but in a way that if you just looked at it as a painting, it would be visually beautiful on its own. Mm-hmm. And so there's this whole other eye looking at our pages that that is, wow. you know, way past what I could do on my own at all, much less, mm-hmm. you know, just a, a normal artist. He's just looking at it from a couple different vantage points. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's really interesting. And well, getting into some of those visuals, I you know I notice a lot of details whenever I'm a visual person, and I was wondering if if at all is there what is the significance of you know the ice cream cones and the the cupcakes? You know what it, what does that mean to you for the comic symbolism wise? Well, you know what it came down to Ludo in his original piece. It was Hell Strawberry. And he had this naming convention to his characters. Cherry Macabre already existed in his world. Gloom Tangerine existed soon after. And he just told me, I want something sweet and something sour at all times. He wants like that pop, that that kitschy pop, Mm -hmm. but also like it's maybe leading you down to a basement that you might not want to be going to. Mm-hmm. And so with yeah. that flavor of, you know, sweet and sour, we, we just kind of grabbed on it. And when I sent him my plot for issue one, I told him, I don't know if this is a hell strawberry story or, or if it's a new character. And I just, it was a total throwaway. I said, we'll just call her tart in this script mm-hmm. and, and we'll figure out a name later. And he emailed me back when he said he wanted to work on it. He goes, Tart's fine. We'll just give her a nasty last name like Acid. Yeah. So that was the sum total of thought that we put into naming our character Tart Acid. That's so funny. Yeah. Well, and actually, the, with the names um, of the characters, it also reminded me a little bit of like Riverdale. You know, I have I the campiness. I mean, I, I've I've read some Archie comics, of course, mm-hmm. but I haven't watched the show Riverdale. Do they jump into that? Yeah, it's it's like you know they they play on those words like the the you know the fruity kind of the bittersweet you know Cheryl Blossom you know okay. is one character. I mean, of course, you have like the Betty, the Veronica, and stuff. But yeah, it's it's very whimsical and and kind of silly, you know, but in like a cool campy way. But it so, plays really well. Brant Fowler asked me this week if anybody had called it uh, strawberry shortcake for adults. <laughs> and and I have heard that once or twice, something like that once or twice. And and I don't run from it either. It's, yeah. you know, definitely it's not strawberry shortcake, but I can't tell you that <laughs> that isn't something that Ludo had in his mind when he was putting it together either. So, because yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, it does have a strawberry shortcake. With, with demons vibe to it, definitely. Mm-hmm. You can see that influence <laughs> for sure. I, I don't know if they are into that in France. I, I think that's <laughs> an American uh, icon or whatever. But yeah, it definitely has that vibe. And then, you know, your other character, Gloom Tangerine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I was reading some of the, the liner notes after the comic, and you had mentioned that she is more of a comical character, kind of goofy. Was that like what you intended for her? Or did that just kind of come out organically when you were writing the character? That came out organically. It wasn't something intended. It just, 
when we we there's an arc in the issues it's issues four five six and seven and mm-hmm. that first season of tart where we we send them off to train on an island and there's three girls there's lemon lamor who's the leader mm-hmm. tart acid and gloom tangerine and it was kind of nice to have these three loners working who who just do not want to team up being mm-hmm. forced to spend all their time with some people but lemon was the leader of the training so i felt like a lot of the angst was was centered on her mm-hmm. and it, it it kind of just we got to watch gloom kind of react uh a little a little brattly and 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 it just sort of informed it and a lot of that is you know i'll send ludo a script and i'll get a page back and i see their i see the 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 body language and and how they're looking at each other and basically i'm just like oh that's that's really who she is so Yeah, she's one of those characters where you're not sure on the first, you know, her first entrance, you're not sure if you like her or not. And then as the story progresses and you see more from her, you're like, oh, I'm rooting for her. I, I like this. She's got spunk. Yeah, she's 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 fun. And there's there's a Hell Strawberry has a book that Ludo did called he calls it Hell Strawberry Factory One. And mm-hmm. it's sort of like a trade paperback. And there's a moment in that where Gloom grabs a gun and instead of showing the violence, Ludo has a song and a dance come in. <laughs> it's it's this really trippy, wonderful uh, moment. Mm-hmm. And that, of course, informs it for me, too, that in, in that first time that I read her the way Ludo wrote her, it was goofy and, and kitschy and fun. So... Mm-hmm. I, I want her to stay fun and I want her to be uber, vi- uber violent and silly is, mm-hmm. is what I want for a gloom tangerine. Yeah. I mean, almost like a Harley Quinn type of a vibe, not, not visually, but just sort of mentally, I think, you know, it's in little spurts. She's sort of playful, but she has this killer, you know, edge to her. So she's not all sweet, but she's funny and, but yet that could be like her secret weapon, you know? Mm-hmm. She's the one I would least likely to get in a fist fight with. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure that I could handle any of these women in any way, but fist fight gloom would ground and pound me at, into submission. Whereas Tart would probably just put me down and say, do you give up? And I'd yeah. say uncle and we'd be done. Right. <laughs> She'd say, just tap out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the scene when they're training and then they get separated, with all of the, do you call them mermaids or am I pronouncing? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mer people, so, mermaids, yeah. whatever, whatever you want to call them. One we're is, we're good with. Want to say okay, cool. How did that? How did you construct that? Because that was pretty intense, and there was so much you know involved in that, uh, and with the the concept of the you know the breathing tube and using your clothing to you know benefit your survival. How did you come up with all of that? Well, we we had an outline for the entire, you know, series of Tart, and I wanted to go somewhere after issue three that felt a little too early. We're still going to get there, but it just felt like it it was a lot to throw in an audience right away. We, you know, I've always told people we're going to get darker as we go a little bit farther, but I kind of want people to love us before we start putting them through the ringer. Right. (laughs) So we were like, let's find something else to put there. And a friend of mine sent me an email showing, basically, they call it, you can Google this, the Demon Fleet of Truck Lagoon, T-R-U-K. Okay. And it's some of the most beautiful underwater photography you'll ever see with the sunken ships, the sunken tanks. And it is known as the world's most haunted waterway. I did not create any of that oh interesting so we sat down and and the visuals were amazing and i emailed ludo and i said what if we put something here and we decided well there's no vacation for our people unfortunately for them there's no vacation right what if they were sent here for training and what would that training be and we we had a toxic die from not being able to breathe you know we we Mm -hmm. see the remnants of it in issue three so we figured cherry would not want that to happen to any of her agents ever again Mm -hmm. so 
we'll send them there. And we're like, well, let's look at our outline. What, what do we have out here? Maybe 12, 13, 14 issues in, into the outline that maybe we can reference. And we found something and we were like, okay, so that's what's haunting Truck Lagoon. It's mermaids. Who knew? That's cool. Yeah. Where, and where is Truck Lagoon? It is. It was a battle in World War II between the Americans and the Japanese. So it's one of those many islands that they fought on in the Pacific. Oh, wow. Off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you how close it really is to Japan. Yeah. But it was in the Pacific theater where the battle happened. That's cool. I'm going to have to definitely Google that because that's super interesting. I'd never heard of it before. It's beautiful. So how do you... You know, you have so many, I feel like each issue has its own feel to it. And I mean, there's an overall overreaching arc, but each issue is definitely unique. How do you come up with fresh ideas, you know, for each issue? Because they are so, even just the demons, you know, change from issue to issue. So what is that like for you to have to come up with like a fresh idea for every, for every issue? Hmm. That's, I I guess that's just the goal, right? It's, it's. It's the goal is to to deliver an issue that will change the reader's emotion every time. And so we can't always do it the same way. We, mm-hmm. we want you to laugh at one and cry at another, maybe hopefully do both during a third. So yeah. the, it's just always the goal to be surprising enough that people don't know what they're getting from us, but mm-hmm. also honest with the premise enough that they don't feel like they've just been bamboozled. Right. Does that make sense? To that yeah, definitely. Question? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Because you, you know, you have some stories and, and not just with comics, but just in, in regular fiction novel series as well, where, you know, you have series where they're, they all start to kind of blend together and there's nothing new and fresh. And then you have other series where they go so out of bounds that you're like, wait, am I even reading, you know, a book by the same author? So, but I felt like you, you do a good job of keeping the theme and the overall feel and mood of it while still creating fresh, you know, stories and fresh settings. It's so, definitely yeah. our goal and Ludo and with, with the aesthetic, that's all Ludo, you know, yeah. there is, there's issue 11, which we're, we're about to bring out. We send the girls to the night to 1936 Olympic games in Berlin, Germany. Oh, wow. And Ludo sent me the pages and it's all gray except a little brown and mm. the girl's red hair. You either, oh, either, cool. you know, we've got a blonde, a dark headed girl and tart mm-hmm. and gloom are walking around. And those are the only colors are the grays or the girl's hair. And like maybe their dresses stand out. And oh, that's it, cool. That's all Ludo's, all Ludo style. And someone read it and asked me who the second artist was. And I was like, there, there isn't one. It's Ludo. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. So, well, you like historical settings. You use them a lot. Do you, do you have to do a lot of research or do you like how much research goes into it when you're like, okay, for example, the Berlin games, do you research it pretty extensively beforehand before you start writing? I have always enjoyed history. So mm-hmm. that part is fun for me. That part is like, oh, we need a story to do something like this. And I kind of think back, oh, maybe it could land. Maybe it could be with the Berlin Olympics. And so then I'll sit down and I'll make sure that that the things that I think I know are right. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. 50-50 at that point. Right. And I'll, I'll just I'll get it enough to make sure that the story makes sense but I don't get so bogged down into details that, that it, mm-hmm. the story, the story is what is Tart doing? The story isn't how were the 1936 Olympics thrown. Right. So I, I try to make sure that I remember that I did when I sat down, I wanted to get maps of Berlin at the time. And I wanted to actually do a, a true to life walk up to the stadium and oh I failed so miserably getting, <laughs> you know, accurate maps from the 30s that I could read oh that I just gave it up. And I found a YouTube clip with cool buildings and I sent it to Ludo <laughs> and I said, put them wherever you want. So, you know, we try to get it as right as we can. But we do say and I say this all the time. This is a time traveling story where mm-hmm. 
if something in the past happens, it can change the future. So if you spot a historical inaccuracy, it was true when I wrote it, but something in the past changed. Right. It was done on purpose. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So getting into another issue that I really liked was you mentioned it's it's when she she's in with the vampires mm-hmm. and you know, I won't give too much away, but I do like the mention. Um, I mean, it's spoiler country, right? Like, yeah, exactly. You, if you come, if you come <laughs> on the show, you've got to expect it. That's right. A little bit of a spoiler, but I, I do like how you mentioned w- with the holy water mm. and she, you had, uh, her, her tart was basically saying that you don't, you only have to have faith to <clears throat> consecrate it. You don't need to be a priest or, you know, ordained or anything. Mm-hmm. And I think, I thought that was really interesting. It was a really different take because, you know, we see a lot of horror movies, vampire genre specifically, where, you know, there's lots of talk about holy water and it has to be blessed. But you did like a completely different take on it, which um, I thought was really cool. I was just wondering, how did you come up with that? Like, was that like a lot of brainstorming or was it just like, ah, let's do this? You know, I maybe subconsciously. I did more than than consciously on that. Mm-hmm. I, I wrote a short story once, and my mom called me up. And you know, I'm not I'm not a big church person, but I mm-hmm. you know I do I do think there's something out there. I don't know what their name is, and I don't right. know what what rules they really want us to follow. But mm-hmm. I, I I either believe in aliens or God because we <laughs> cannot be the top of the pyramid as totally. humans. I, yeah. I got a problem with that. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it could be aliens. It could be God. I'm not sure what it is, or it could be both. But I, I, her, her, when she called me, she said, "Oh, this story was so the most religious story you've ever written." And I, I was like, "I don't know what you're talking about, Mom." <laughs> and but she named a couple things, and I was like, "Oh, okay, all right, I guess." I think it was a bit of me saying that we can own our own faith, and it doesn't matter what a guy standing in front of a room. Mm-hmm. says faith is that would be the deeper thing and the more shallow thing is i needed it to happen in one page and i didn't have four pages to have her go find a priest so right. maybe i don't know if it's deeper or shallow but somewhere in between is how that that came about yeah so yeah it was basically a convenience thing but it actually ended up being more had a deeper meaning because I literally stopped and thought about it for a second. And I thought, wow, that's really a cool concept that no one's ever really addressed before. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad it worked. I I don't want to, I don't want to take away from it either because Mm -hmm. I don't know 100% where it came from, but, but I also don't want to pretend that I'm all that deep of a human being. I just kind of like, (laughs) how can we make this page cool? And then how can we hit some emotion and maybe, maybe come up with a couple cool, right. cool lines. Nice. How long does it uh, typically take you to create one issue from like first draft to, to polished draft? Usually it takes me about a week to get my thumbnails drawn up and then typed in for myself. And I'll, I'll, I don't do a ton of huge editing at that point because I feel like I need to get it in front of Ludo and our editor, Cassie, and see what they say because I don't want to spend hours polishing down a turd, basically. Mm -hmm. You you know, I want to find out, like... Do you, do you think there's gold in here to polish? And then, and then we get down to it. So mm-hmm. a good, a good week to get the first draft. And then after they give me their thoughts and suggestions, depending on how much needs to be changed, another week to two weeks. So maybe three weeks for the script, but that's not eight hour days. It's, you know, yeah. an hour here, an hour there. And then yeah. Ludo usually takes about three months to get a full issue completely illustrated and completely colored. Oh, wow. Okay. So you do. So what, can they expect issues then every about four months or are they releasing every six months? What can we expect? Our goal is every three months. Our goal is to get four issues out a year. We don't usually hit that goal. Okay. But we're that's our goal. And because we've been picked up by Scout Comics to get into comic shops, nice. our goal is to get a nice collection out every year. So 
season one was seven issues, which mm-hmm. came out, you know, in the yeah, issue one came out in, before the pandemic and the trade paperback came out after the pandemic, which was a lot of fun to have mm-hmm. that three months in the middle, wondering if anybody was going to remember who our, <laughs> what our book was. Right. And the next issue will, the next trade paperback will have five issues. So that'll come out in 2021 and hopefully we'll have the next arc done for 2022. That's the goal. Oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know what it's like. I actually released the book during the pandemic and it was like crickets. (laughs) Yeah. And you can't blame anybody. And also what I've tried to say to myself more than anyone else is like, this is affecting everybody in the world. Mm -hmm. And if you can get through this and the worst thing that happens is there was a little less energy for your book Mm -hmm. than you wanted then you are a lucky bastard. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just to be blessed to even be able to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, that actually, that was another question I want to ask you, because you do tackle some heavy themes of hell and demons, and which I love because I also write about demons, and the concept of, of humans destroying themselves. Did you pull from current themes at all? Was there a parallel to you know our current society? Or did that just sort of kind of happen in in retrospect? That very specific statement was probably me looking at the world Mm -hmm. and just (laughs) (laughs) in in seeing the world for what it is right now and not really loving it. Yeah. Uh, And that was (laughs) pre-pandemic. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) You know, I, I just, I think that we as a human race are lovely and kind and beautiful and disgusting and greedy (laughs) and evil and conniving. And I just described me, you know, it's like, I don't want to say like, I'm a great person because everybody has strengths and everybody has weaknesses. And we as humans, boy, when we show our weaknesses, it's pretty rough. And Mm -hmm. I think I was going through one of those moments when I, wrote that particular part. And that's why I wanted Lemon Lamorgue to be the person to say it because mm-hmm. she's kind of the battle weary old general of the group, whereas Tart's a little more bright eyed and, and idealistic. I didn't, I, I didn't want Tart to say that I wanted Lemon to say it. Yeah. And that felt right with her saying that just based on what you've, you know, built with the characters. So the other thing I wanted to talk about, because Another thing I'm fascinated with is the story of Roanoke, and mm-hmm. I've always been fascinated by that. How did you? Is that something that also interests you? You know that whole mystery of it, and you know for using that as a setting. And and I, I won't talk about it too too much because it's a later issue. But just this setting itself and the concept of Roanoke. How did you go about that? My goal with Tart is that if there is a mystery of the world. Mm -hmm. If I think I can come up with a plausible explanation that supernatural forces were behind it, it's fair game. Yeah. Truck Lagoon, Roanoke, you know, there are some other things that, that I hopefully will touch on. And that is partially because I kind of like doing my little two days worth of research and going through Roanoke and finding out where the signs were and finding out mm-hmm. what they think probably did happen. What, you know, it's so right. that was fun for me. That was like Kevin getting his little history on. Yeah. The other goal is that if there's ancestral memory of like a supernatural being, mm-hmm. I would like and answer why we all sort of know Mermaids exist, but we've never seen one. So why is that? Why do they exist, but we haven't seen them? So it's kind of like, how are they hiding? What's their true story? And kind of, Mm -hmm. we wrap those two things together a couple times. And that's me having fun. Yeah, that's cool. What do you you think happened to Roanoke? What's your theory? I think the Native American tribe probably either came over and attacked or probably came over and found six starving people mm-hmm. and, and took them with them to save their lives. I don't know which, but it was probably one of the native American tribes. One of that. Um, yeah. You know, after a harsh winter and, and everybody was dying anyway. 
is yeah. my guess. But yeah, I no, that's pro- that sounds pretty practical. But the, the the true answer is in Tart Nine. I mean, I know what happened, but I can't I can't pretend that it's true. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, no, I had just been reading up on it again recently, and then when I I saw it, you know, pop up in the issue, I was like, oh, that's you know, it's all that the coincidence, synchronicity. Sometimes when you're researching something, and then all of a sudden you start seeing it everywhere. Yeah, that's so weird, right? Yeah, no, I love that. It's almost like you're onto onto something, or you know, keep keep reading about it. But well, another character I wanted to ask you about because it's a mystery, and you know, like I said, just feel free to tease it or whatever. But will we find out more about the messenger? I think you will definitely find out more about the messenger. Okay. <laughs> And you're like, and um, that's it. <laughs> I, I think I think that I can say if if people are new to this to this story, you know, we we talk about heaven and hell. Heaven has never really had a spot on the page. We know they exist, right. but there is one person who can move from heaven to earth to hell, and we call him the messenger. And he's basically our version of death. Okay. So because he can move heaven to hell and time doesn't seem to bother him in any which way, uh, any way whatsoever. He is the person who picks up souls and deliver them where they need to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, he does have a part to play in our story. So, okay. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting part of, you know, the piece of the puzzle. I just so. write him in now because Ludo draws him so fucking sexy. Hey, can I curse? I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. It's a podcast. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he draws him so sexy and beautiful. I just want to see him on the page, you know, yeah. like I, I just, I know I'm just writing him in the horse because I get to see him. Yeah, I know your eyes definitely drawn to him for sure. And that's why I was like, I want to know more about this character, you know? So I'm, I'm glad to hear that he will have a backstory and stuff will, will come into fruition in future issues. It definitely, definitely stuff will come to fruition. We'll see if he tells me his backstory or not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know characters, sometimes they don't uh, cooperate. <laughs> yeah. 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 Another character is really fascinating is, I think, and let me see if I'm pronouncing this right, is Caillou? Is there a, is I, I pronounce it Q, okay. but I am going to tell you that Ludo and I have only done that by email and he named him. So I don't want to say you're wrong. I'm going to say that I say Q and it could be Caillou. I'm not sure. Okay. Q. Tart Tart says Q. In my my ear, I hear her say Q. Her say Q. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You never know. So I want to make sure I'm pronouncing it right. And so will we learn more about him too and his backstory and how he came to be? I do believe there will be an issue that, that, gives us a little more insight into his backstory. Yes, I do. I do believe that will happen. The only way it doesn't happen is, you know, if we don't have the the space and pages to do it. Mm-hmm. But I, I personally believe he deserves it and I want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to definitely read more about him. It's very fascinating. Just the concept of it. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. No, he's great. He's fun. Cool. So how many, issues do you have planned and is there an ending like have you already thought about an ending or is it just sort of open-ended at this point i ludo and i when we decided to do this we decided that we wanted a huge sprawling story with an end Mm -hmm. and so we we created an about a 42 issue outline Okay. And that was because we were ignorant of just how much work came into doing one comic book, much less 42. Yeah. So about three years ago, we sat down and said, all right, what can we do to tell the same story with less, with fewer issues? And we're down to about 27 issues. So Tart's story should finish around issue 26, 27, 28, depending on, you know, how long those issues run when we start to actually create them. Okay. And you have a Kickstarter for the yeah. next issue and that's starting on Thursday? Thursday, November 5th. Yes. I don't know when, when this will run, but Thursday, November 5th, you know, I've joked about the election. <laughs> I did not want a Kickstarter running, you know, yep. on 
right now there would be nobody who was interested in looking at it. And just Mm -hmm. so we're like, we'll wait till Thursday. We'll launch it. My, I figure we either know who the next president is by (laughs) Thursday, or we're not going to know by December anyway. So running it at any time is dangerous. So we're just launching on Thursday. My wife did look at me today and go, did (laughs) you realize what you were doing? And I said, sort of. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny is I I have, I'm an author and I wrote a book and I thought, okay, well, I'm going to, and you know, of course, just not thinking clearly, I originally scheduled the release for November 3rd and, you know, books. Oh uh, my. Yeah. Cause a lot of books come out on Tuesdays. It's sort of like the industry standard. So I was just like, let me pick a Tuesday that's, you know, far enough in advance for me to get everything done. And so I had it scheduled and I was like, oh my God, what have I done? This is election day and um, no one is going to pay any attention to my social media posts. <laughs> so I changed, luckily I was able to change it and I, and it okay. came out last Tuesday and it, and it's oh, been fine. Well, yeah. Congratulations. That's, thank, that's thank cool. <laughs> thank you. But I was like, what has gone into you? What are you thinking? So yeah, I, I totally get that. And, you know, I think Thursday though, people will be looking for something of a distraction. Else? Something, yeah. anything else. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Either way, either way it goes, there's three ways it can go. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to get political. So I'll say more of the same change right. or Bush v. Gore. Right. Part two. Exactly. You know, I'm not sure which of the three is, I know two of the three I think are bad, but I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to get political on yeah, the show. To- no, totally. <laughs> yeah. We both know. I, I can tell. Yeah. We're, we're on the same page here. <laughs> it's very, it's very possible somebody from South Florida and somebody from the West Coast to agree on this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So Tuesday will be a best, and Wednesday, but yeah, Thursday, I think we'll definitely be wanting to be like, okay, let's let's have a distraction. So I, I think it might actually benefit you to have the, the Kickstarter, you know, start on Thursday, and then and then of course it's just going to continue on until you know you reach your your goals and everything. Do you have? Any of the perks sort of planned out? Like, what are what are some of the the, the Kickstarter benefits? The special thing that we've done is an enamel pen that actually has tart acid as our our lead pen. Okay. We've done already, you know, the cupcake symbol, mm-hmm. and we've done a lemon and a and a gloom tangerine. Okay. We wanted to save tart till something was a little more special, and we felt like finishing issue twelve was special. So that's the big special thing. But, you know, we do meat and potatoes kickstarters. Mm -hmm. The comic book, the enamel pens, we're going to have virgin variants for people who like really special stuff. Mm -hmm. Other than that, that's what we're making. We do. One great thing, though, is we've always printed out many more issues than we're we're actually sending in a kickstarter. So we still do have our our catch-up tier. So I think it's $60. You can get all 12 issues in one package. Oh, cool. So, and that includes shipping, which I know $60 is still a lot of money, but 12 first edition comics for 60 is, isn't as bad as it might sound. No, not at all. Actually, that's a really good deal. And then are they, do you have your comics available in hardback as well? We have a a hardcover of issues one through three, which will be available as an add-on in the campaign. Cool. But as a, because I've done comics on Kickstarter and we're at Scout, we have a collection of issues one through three at Scout. I'm sorry, issues one through seven at Scout. Okay. And that's trade paperback only. I am hoping next year there might be a new printing and we might try to do a hardcover. But I, I don't want to promise that because I'm a writer and not part of the publishing outfit. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a way we can do it that getting a hardcover can help me and Scout. So I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to, you know, argue that point on the mm-hmm. on the back end. So yeah. hopefully we'll have a really nice hardcover next year. But I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll definitely get the hardcover. I love. All I right. just think it's so nice. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> you can argue with that. You're like, I have someone that wants to buy one. So, <laughs> cool. so what are your plans after Tart? After you finish, do you have any other ideas that you're working on? Any projects that you can actually talk about? Oh, after Tart, I'm probably I'm finally going to watch Doctor Who. 
Oh, nice. that's that's my reward. When we finish Tart, I'm finally going to go back through and watch Doctor Who because I've never watched it. Ludo is okay. a Doctor Who fan. Okay. So all of the the what, what's the Neil Gaiman thing? The timey wimey, whatever that statement is. Yeah. Uh, all that comes from Ludo, and I'm just kind of bringing my Back to the Future and Terminator time travel knowledge mm-hmm. to it. So okay, <laughs> that's that's my reward. I'm going to watch Doctor Who, and I'm going to read Jeff Smith's Razzle. I, you know, I don't. There's not a book that will come after Tart because I do dabble in other things. You mm-hmm. know, it, you know, it takes Ludo three months to to illustrate these because he's doing so much more work than I am. Mm-hmm. I have time to write other books with other artists. So like David Bishop and I did a book called Morte that came out from source point press that I'm oh, cool. incredibly proud of. And I would love for anyone to go find it at source point press's website. And, mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, so I'll get books out as we go, but book the goal my, my literary career goal is to finish Tart and it to be something that people that have been with us since the beginning, they look back and go, that was a journey that was worth going. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And you can buy Tart uh, on your website, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, you, can, you can go to, I think it's that. Uh, store envy catch-all comics but the easiest way to be honest during the kickstarter mm-hmm. is just using the ketchup tier and getting whatever you want during it and in okay. fact it's a slightly better price to be honest okay it's a better deal not, not that i don't want you to go to the web store but i mean the kickstarter is one-stop shopping yeah okay and so uh, that. that's going to be really easy to find but if you Go on my Twitter. It's Kevin Joseph CMX, and I will be tweeting about it just a little bit come Thursday. So you're awesome. not going to miss it if you if you come to Twitter. And okay. I apologize. I apologize in <laughs> in perpetuity because I will definitely be putting it out there. Okay. No. Perfect. And we can also put that in the show notes as well. Awesome. Your Thank you. T- Twitter and uh, the website as well. Yeah. And then just one last question before I let you go enjoy the rest of your night. I like to ask this to all comic book writers. What advice would you give to someone who wants to do what you do? Oh, I, I hope that, excuse me. I'm all, I'm all, I'm verklempt. (laughs) Start small, the smaller, the better, because finishing something is always better than starting something. Right. So, like I said, Ludo and I, in our ignorance, you know, created a 42-issue outline. What we should have created was a five-page short. Mm -hmm. So, you know, really, really, really know that we all think we have this epic masterpiece that we want to write, and that's great. And there's nothing wrong with having that. But you can tell that epic masterpiece with 100 five-page shorts and you have a 500-page epic Mm -hmm. but those five-page shorts can be finished and shared and learned from and you'll grow from them you'll grow from them so much more than an 80-page graphic novel that you only get 60-page finished yeah excellent that's good advice for everyone listening (laughs) well thank you so much for chatting with me tonight no, thank you for reading the books. I mean, that's yeah, that's what I'm in this for. You know, it, we we like to keep our nose above water with with some sales so that we can pay Ludo and you know mm-hmm. and pay the internet fees, etc. But yeah. it's about meeting new readers and talking about the books. I I love it. So thank mm-hmm. you for giving me time to chat about my book. Yeah, absolutely. Well, no, thanks for sharing with me because I always love finding new uh, stories to dive into. So now I'm excited. I'm going to check out the Kickstarter on Thursday, which everyone should go do. And you can also, as we said before, find Tart at hedgehogcomics.com. Mm-hmm. And yeah, thank you so much. And I hope you have a wonderful night and enjoy the day tomorrow. <laughs> as best I can. With your sandwich. My, yeah. <laughs> my, my daughter's school gave them the day off. And I just oh looked at her and I said, you're going to see dad 
pretty stressed out tomorrow. Right. Yeah, I think, yeah, all of us, we're going to all be stress eating and probably drinking yeah. way too much. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I, I, I've got some Prosecco in the in the uh, fridge just in case there's something to celebrate. And I've got whiskey in case there's not. Yeah, well, you know, that's so funny. I literally have the same exact thing. <laughs> <laughs> same exact thing. <laughs> no <Yeah>. joke. <laughs> yeah, the, maybe the, I'll the drink both. <laughs> coast to coast high five to for that. That's right. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Uh, this has been Spoiler Country with Kevin Joseph tonight. Thanks so much. Oh, my pleasure. Tell t- tell those tell those guys I miss them. I will for sure. I think they miss you too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Kevin. Bye. Bye. we're back did you go back tart did you go did you click the link did you go and back it because if you didn't i can wait we can pause i'll pause this show and we can wait till you go back it you need to go to that link and you need to back tart or go to kickstarter and just search for it and back the newest one and get all of them because if you haven't read tart you're missing out you need to go read tart it is one of the greatest indie series out there that i have read in the last 10 years and i am not bullshitting you on that one so kevin if you're listening i love you man you are an incredible writer and tart is fantastic so everybody go back it Go read it. Now, with that said, if you like that, go listen to all the other shows with Kevin. We've got so many. We talked to him for almost every Kickstarter he does. He's like Ron Rando, comes in all the time. We talked to him about Game of Thrones. We talked to him about Douglas Adams. I mean, he's been on the show multiple times for multiple fun reasons. So go check those all out. And do all of that on any podcatcher out there, or you can go to spoilerverse.com and read or check them all there. Read our show notes, I guess. I don't know if you know this, guys, but we do transcripts. Our website has transcripts of our shows. You can go to our show and read them. They're not always accurate because they're computer done by Steve the Robot, but uh, they're there, and you can read them. So go read the transcripts, and it's a lot of fun. But while you're on Swivers.com, check out all of our other backages with actors and writers and producers and creators of all kinds, all walks of life, and our other shows. Check out all of our other shows and their backages. There's a lot of stuff up there that you're going to want to check out because it's just really cool stuff. So go do that. And... Click on that store link because you can pick up a t-shirt or a hoodie or a face mask or a wall print or something of any one of the shows we have. And you'll help support not only just this show, but the entire site as a whole and all the podcasts. All that goes into a fund to help fund all the podcasts and what we need to do. So go and pick something up. It's a really good idea. Trust me, you won't regret it. And last thing, this is free. Go to scpod.us slash discord and join our public discord server. We're going to be doing giveaways and contests there and, and discord exclusive content for you for everybody and there's all of us are on there there's also a bunch of a bunch of listeners on there so go check it out you'll love it and we'll love you for it and the last thing i'm going to do i'm going to remind you that in our notions of podcasts we are cthulhu and as cthulhu can about you to do open the mind and read more and just read make sure you're reading read all the time i just read the time trap trio with my son today of the Knights of the Kitchen Table. Really fun series. Check it out here, kids. I just have an old book. But just read. Read all the time. Read every day. Bye.